listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 364. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, to discuss the third and final season of the German Netflix series, Dark. And I promise you guys I'll upload the correct audio file this time. (laughs) Yeah, uh, heard from several of the listeners, uh, you know, your podcast is the same as last week's. And it was one of those deals where I misspelled the name of the audio file and i'm so used to just taking the one that's at the bottom of the list but because i misspelled it it wasn't at the bottom of the list so anyway we've got that sorted out and uh, the itunes feed refreshed fairly quickly and all is good looks like uh, i think we might have to dock our producers pay this week yeah maybe uh but it's so hot you know I, i i've been thinking how great would it be to get some real legitimate wind and rain in this area i mean i mean we get rain a thunderstorm or rains for 10 minutes and then it's sunny again but i want some good dark wind and rain (laughs) we need it yeah on the other hand it'd make the grass grow and then i have to cut it more frequently so right yeah forget that but uh (laughs) anyway we are here to talk about episode five of the final season of dark and we're hitting the back stretch now uh do want to welcome our newest patron and i hope i'm pronouncing your name correctly rami and he's got some feedback later in the episode Welcome to the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch family, and as I said, there's some feedback later on in the podcast. All right, in terms of news, are you up to date on the 100? Not at all. Okay, but you're into the season, correct? Yeah, yeah. so I was actually going to you know, kind of talk about this, but you know, I, I, got, I probably watched the first two or three episodes, and then just... I don't know. wasn't super into it, and um, and now that you know, I'd have to watch like all of them with commercials and stuff uh, if I watch them now. So I think I'm I might um, <clears throat> wait till they come out in Netflix in a couple months. Okay. Well, I'm watching the uh, most recent episode as we record, which is episode seven oh eight, and this is the final season of the hundred. And, you know, it starts off with Clark and the the characters, and then it it goes into what appear to be these flashback scenes, and we stay in these flashback scenes, and we stay in what I finally realized, it's a backdoor pilot for a series, presumably, that'll be called Anaconda, that sets up a possible prequel if, you know, fans buy into the notion that there's still a lot more story to tell in this universe of the hundred. So it was pretty cool. The, the, the actors were were good. I recognized one from Van Helsing and Defiance. So uh, we'll see. But um, then, you know, in terms of news, that's all I wanted to throw out there. In terms of what I'm watching, I finished season two of The Order and. If you're a fan of magic shows that are a bit lighter than The Magicians, but maybe a bit darker than The Librarians, check out The Order. It's it's definitely worth taking a look. Uh, I also completed the first season of Deadwind, which was that Finnish crime drama series I've been talking about. Looking forward to getting into season two, but that's it for me. Wow. You've been a busy boy. I have. <laughs> Um, so I just finished the, uh, Ash versus the evil dead was, uh, 
really awesome all around, especially if, if you're a, a you know, obvi- I, I, there's probably a few people uh, who are watching Ash versus, versus Evil Dead who were not fans of the movies. You know, prop- maybe a couple people here and there. But, you know, if you were a fan or are a fan of the Evil Dead movies, you will definitely be a uh, go for Ash versus Evil Dead in a big way. You know all the tech, all the things. Uh, you know the 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 cartoonish kind of gore, the low kind of fi uh, special effects, the uh, you know kind of corny humor, uh, all that stuff. Uh, really excellent, great cast, and uh, you know it ended clearly weren't expecting. I don't think I, I have. I didn't go and read about it, but um, you know it seems from the last episode that they. Um, weren't expecting there to not be any more episodes. So that's kind of a bummer, but, you know, Ash finds a way to come back every now and then, so have it written off entirely. All right, cool. And uh, the other thing, and I finished, I rewatched the uh, Daniel Craig Bond movies, too. Which, oh, cool. <laughs> I love those, so. Yeah, except Quantum of, Sol- Quantum of Solace is not good, but the other three are, are awesome, so right. it's fun. All right, well, let's get into this week's episode of Dark, episode five of season three, titled Life and Death, written by Yante Frisia, directed by Baron Bo O'Dar. And dude, on the one hand, I feel like they should have titled this one Truth or Lie, because it's a great episode, but the whole idea of not knowing who's telling the truth and who's lying is beginning to wear on me a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, definitely because I mean, we've been talking about this quite a bit, you know, where they're, oh, well, Eva told you that. Well, she was lying, dude. How'd you not know that? You know, and, and then it's, yeah. I mean, is it really just a fight to see who controls time travel, as we're told? Uh, I mean, it seems that Eva, aka Martha, wants to keep the loop intact while Adam wants to sever it. At least that's what we're told. But right. we're certainly beginning to uh, to doubt that. And the whole idea of free will is still there. And I guess the cool thing that comes out of this. Is well, it I mean, it, it seems to be they, they lead us <laughs> to believe that. And, and I guess I'm getting the feeling is that this may be the third and final cycle and that. If things are done differently, even if it's one thing, that it creates a new timeline, and I'm, or, or at least that's what I'm thinking might happen. So, will somebody, and, and you know, really, it seems to boil down to Jonas and Martha. Will one of them do something different this time? So, I don't know. I mean, we certainly don't get an answer here. You know, your reaction seems to be that you, you've given up on free will. Well, yeah, it's, if you just take, I mean, let's, let's address the elephant in the room right now. Jonas gets killed. Wait, but how can that happen? Jonas gets older. In fact, we just saw old-ass Jonas this episode as Adam, right? So how can Jonas be killed? Right, that's just the stars. But I don't, I don't even want to talk about that yet. That's just, to, that's just, I'm just getting warmed up with that one. The next is, so Marta, Yellowcoat Marta, is there with Jonas, 
Then Black Coat Martha comes in, pops Jonas, and we know that Black Coat Martha is not far in the future of Yellow Coat Martha. So she very soon in her future is going to enact what just happened. You know, she has that. You would think that there would be an opportunity there for her to not kill Jonas, but she does. Even though right now at this point, as Yellowcoat Martha, she is very upset and promises that she's going to make it all better for him. So that in and of itself says, or make it all right. So that in itself says, well, that that is, to me is determinism 101. You well, know? I, I guess the thing that confuses me here, because... I, Maybe fatalism 101. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and, and I agree with the point you're making. We have seen young Jonas in two iterations in the same scene. If you think back to that scene with the lake when the kids are swimming and he's, you know, he comes up to Martha, then he walks away. And then the other version traveling Jonas at that point comes and sits next to her and, and, and talks to her. So is it one of those deals that only one version of him got shot and killed? That's, the only thing that makes sense to me, but the yeah, but 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 there 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 is. I mean, yes, there's different versions of Jonas, but he still is maturing and growing and aging himself, right? It's not like there's. I mean, even though he can go back and be in the same room with another him, him, but it's just a younger him who ultimately will become the older him that he is right, right now. But the thing is, we don't know which one this is and 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 the point i was going to make is is that chronology either way chronology (laughs) is all over the place so that we don't necessarily know in what order we're seeing things but but if jonas at let's say about 18 years old dies then there can't be a middle-aged jonas there can't be why not? There could have been an 18-year-old and one-month Jonas in that same timeline through time travel. Right? Just like we saw in that scene but, by the but, lake. But, but then that guy ultimately would, would be wiped out by the 18-year-old Jonas getting killed. You mean the, uh, the back if, to if, the future if, effect? If, if, well, you would assume that if if someone gets killed, that he is no longer able to live out his life, okay. right? But I mean, I mean, I don't know. That's I mean, obviously, we're working on a different plane because because Adam does exist, right? right? Jonas gets killed, Adam exists, Millage Jonas exists. So there is something else going on here because. That can't be if Jonas dies, right? Right. Right. I mean, we're we're told and led to believe that Jonas doesn't exist in the alternate Winden for obvious reasons that that Mickle never time traveled back to 1986. And, you know, you guys know the whole story there. So that's what we're told. But 
Uh, look, I, I, we're not going to solve this dilemma. Right, right. Well, but, but, but here's the other little piece that goes with that is the fact that middle-aged Jonas had never met Alt Marta. That's correct. Right. And he, and he points that out right? to her. So, right. So, I mean, there is definitely something else at, at play here because obviously he, he would have that, that memory if they were the quote-unquote same Jonas, he would have obviously known that he had traveled to the alt world. He would remember alt Marta, but he doesn't have any of those experiences. So the question is why? And exactly, and I right. don't. We don't get an know. answer for sure. So we don't get an answer. I, I, I mean, like it's the, I, you, you could have the craziest, wildest speculation as to what the heck is going on here. Well, let's go. But I just, I can't even, I don't even know if my I brain know. can go there. Well, well like, let's go ahead and move on to some things that our brains can handle because we get some answers from some of the scenes from the trailer and we get a lot of bludgeoning going on in this episode. So, yeah. Okay. I would just like, now you mentioned the trailer, I would just like to say yeah, F you no question because there, the minute you see Helena in that pink jacket you know everything that's going to happen. And that sucked. That sucked big donkey balls. I was so annoyed at that. I, I saw that pink jacket. I'm like, mother, oh, right, but my the- God. You know, and that sucks because what happened was such a, an intense emotional moment, probably made one of the most intense moments. And all I can think of is like that effing trailer ruined this well, for me, did, you know? but... If there is a silver lining about that scene in which Katerina attacks her mother in 1986 and then her mother turns the tables and bludgeons her daughter to death, dumps her body in the lake, which calls us back to that lake scene earlier when Bartosz yep. and Magnus are, are talking about the legend of the... There's yeah, a lady in the lake. There yeah. is. And yep. the necklace it's his that mom. gets ripped from her yeah. fingers lies buried in the sand until the kids find it in 2019 yeah so i know that's that that's so there's so much going on with that scene that was so well done it was an amazing scene and like you said it's just calling back stuff from all through you know for the the previous two seasons and that's amazing and and just the the journey of the St. Christopher medal, which for all intents and purposes begins in 1953 when Egon gives it to Hannah, who then passes it on to young Helena Albers. Katerina rips it from who might now bear the official title as the worst character. Yeah, probably I might think. Uh, And then of course the Jonas and Martha find it in 2019. But the other thing in this episode and really, episodes leading into this one, Charlotte and her role in all of this, which we know is important, but it's just so difficult to get a handle on how she fits in. I mean, you know, we know the whole thing with Elizabeth and the mother-daughter-mother thing, but there's something else that we're led to believe is going to happen with Charlotte in all of this. Yeah, but... 
the, 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 ne- the next question is, is, is that a thing in the alt world, though, too? Right. And I don't know. I probably could answer that by looking at the the, the family tree thing that Fred Right, posted. and I think at this point, so, the whole family tree, they showed enough close-up shots that, you know, you, everybody's on their own at this point. I, I, I wouldn't say well, close-up. close enough that... I'd say close up if you froze the the, the screen on your computer um, and then zoomed in about you know two and a half more well, times. I guess I would say at this point we've warned you two weeks in a row. You're watching a show like Dark in the first place for crying out loud. So I'll, I'll yeah. just leave it at that. But uh, you know I don't think that necessarily comes up in this episode, but. The opening scene, we see who's actually getting buried in, in that, that grave that we see right. in the trailer. You don't have to say anything. I know how you feel about the trailer. but Well, at least that, at least that scene was because in the trailer, we, we saw someone getting buried. We didn't know who was getting buried. We didn't know who was doing the burying. So there, there, wasn't, anything, there wasn't anything that the, the trailer ruined for us to the, to the degree that the you know, well, well, that's true. And the voiceover about whether our death is predetermined is certainly apropos for this episode. And, you know, once we see that it's Claudia bearing Regina, it, it just becomes a lot more emotional than just some random person dumping a body in, in a in an unmarked grave. And of course, yeah. it's not unmarked. It, it, we, we get that contrast with just the the wooden cross with just the name Regina written on it next to her alternate world headstone, which, you know, is a typical, yeah. you know, whatever they're made out of marble, I guess. But Jonas and Yellowcoat Martha in 2020. Well, just while, while, while we're there, because right after that, they, they go into like the spritz, split screens and there's a number of them. And so you know, we kind of see... The first one is the the graves, Regina's grave in 20, uh, 2054, and then the alt world, right? It then cuts to um, Ellie, and and she's looking at the piece of paper on which Noah had written mom and sister cave. And then we see alt Ellie looking at a picture, and we see in the other plane of alt Helga. And then we see Ellie and alt Ellie. Uh, the next one we see... Uh, Peter and Ellie from World the Prime, what we're calling now the Prime World, <clears throat> and that the narrator at that point says, "Is the time of our departure predetermined?" And of course, Noah had previously said, "Well, I'm going to take care of Ellie after you're dead." So you know, Peter's been kind of walking around with the sword of Damocles hanging over his head, which came crashing down on him in this episode. Um, the next one is all Ellie and all Peter that are in opposite pains so peter is in the pain that ellie was in previously and ellie's in the pain that peter was previously in and then we see peter and all peter and they're in the on the side in the pain that they had previously appeared in the the previous two uh cuts um then we see uh katarina sitting in uh alt well not all no, i'm sorry not Alt. um sitting in Mickle's room, looking at a picture of Ines and Mickle, now Michael. And then we see Alt Katarina in the opposite looking, uh, in the opposite pane is the 
family picture in which Ulrich has been ceremoniously removed from. The all Katarina's in the opposite pane of that Katarina was just previously in. And then now we have Katarina and all Katarina. Then they switched planes now, panes. So they're in the opposite ones that they were in in the previous two. I don't know what any of that means, but I just thought it was cool to mention. Well, and they seem to be the key players, certainly in this episode, and, and a lot sure. of them don't survive. But uh, in fact, I was looking at the, uh, I guess, the, the death list, uh, so to speak. I mean, Jonas Prime and Martha Prime are dead. Peter Doppler yep. Prime is dead. Katarina yep. Prime is dead. Yep. Ul- Ulrich Prime's in prison. So it's probably not good to be a prime. It's not. It's not great for the prime world. Right no. Now. Um, but you think about it, like three, three characters that we have been following and living with now for three seasons in one episode. Boom. Yeah, and it's crazy. It is. So, all right. Well, let's get back to Jonas and Yellowcoat Martha, and this is the morning after they have sex in her room but he wakes and sees his white dress martha in bed with him and we of course remember her from their first time when uh, there was the anniversary party and they went up to her room but then i love how he symbolically hands her the yellow coat and tells her that they need to go to the power plant and she starts to say something and it's driving me crazy there's no way we know i mean i suppose we could speculate about what she was going to say to him, but I don't know. I mean, any thoughts? I said, "Are you going to make me breakfast? Can I a cup of tea? You know, like something, some acknowledgement for what happened last night here, maybe a little bit." Well, yeah, and she does call him on that later when, when uh, right, <laughs> you know he he says he didn't want any of this to happen. He's like, "None of this, really? Yeah, really." And- uh, uh no he did because something happened i feel like you wanted to happen you know so yeah right. i love how she called him out on that because i was thinking the exact same thing that's right you know like w- 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 as a male i can attest to our utter stupidity um and i know how frustrating it must be for uh the opposite sex and genders to to witness us stumbling through this world like blind men in a dark room. So I apologize for that. And we saw Egon, Egon last week as the worst offender of male idiocy. But Jonas, not too far behind here. Yeah, I guess we'll cut him a little bit of slack because of his age. But yeah. Exactly. Was- you know, he's a little awkward. He's still a kid. But, you know, not his first time, though, you know. And- right. Now, we do get some answers two situations and questions that we kind of knew the answer anyway but when he's telling her about the contents of the barrels and that that's what makes time travel possible i guess i still had in my mind that it was limited to that one barrel that we see claws and open you know back in, in the previous season when i guess the reality is that the contents of all the barrels would allow time travel should they open them up so i i guess once the explosion starts and we see that huge black i mean it's not really a mushroom cloud it's more like yeah, a, a, a big, dome or whatever like a, yeah don't, don't call it a dome 
Yeah. <laughs> because that's referencing one of the worst series ever. Yeah. So let's call it a big black semicircular thing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That exists above the ground only. <laughs> right. And, you know, when he cuts the, through the fence as they're going to the power plant, and we see her cut her cheek, as does he, and you know, he's got the same reaction we've got. Oh, that's how you got the cut on the cheek. And, of course, she says it's, you know, nothing, just a scratch. But he, I, I love how he tells her that she had it, the Martha who took me, which is just, as you were alluding a few minutes ago, it was just an older version of this Martha. So right. it's really you just one that's a bit older and but, that, but the thing is 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 when she gets that cut is he realizes that things aren't going to change yes right? if you turn into her then everything stays the same right and and then no matter what i do it just gets worse i have to go back to eva all right fine that's a good plan but then what because yeah, she's just going to lie to you again. Well, right, and if we, we've learned anything from our encounters with Eva and Adam is that there's so many moves ahead of you that anything you do is almost pointless because they've seen it how many times before and know how to counter it. It goes back to like what we were saying. It's like, well, what's true and what isn't? But I don't know. It's, it's, I, I mean, this episode really made my my head hurt. Well, well, yeah, and, and trying to write things down certainly becomes difficult. And, and well, because like I, I feel like we spent so much time trying to to figure out what the heck is going on, and I just don't. I've just come to the. I've almost said like, hang it. I I don't know what's going on. I can't know what's going on until we get to the end of this thing because. Yeah. You know, every time we think we've got it worked out, it turns out that we don't at all. Well, well, right. And that all leads into then the exchange where she confronts him about the possibility that only one world can survive. And she tells him, you decided long ago, you want to return to your world. And then that's, of course, when he says, I didn't want any of this. And, you know, as we were saying a few minutes ago, you didn't want any of this? Well, yeah. no, no, I wanted that. I just Too bad we don't have our, our really, really section anymore because that, would, that right. would be there. Those of you who don't know, go back to the Lost Girl episodes. But, but see, then he tells her, I am wrong here. Yeah. Not, not we're wrong. Right. So, I mean, again, it's a fine point, but this is not his aunt. Really? I mean, we talked True. about this a few episodes back, so right. why couldn't they as a couple work? But that's not what he says. He says, I'm wrong here. So maybe just for whatever reason, he feels like I have to sacrifice whatever relationship we could have because I need to go back to my world. Right. At which point, he's going to do what? Well, true. Right. Yeah. right. I guess, well, I guess except that he thinks... Well, my middle-aged self was there. We ran across each other there. So whatever I'm trying to do, I, I need to be there doing it, I guess, whatever that is. Though, by this point, he, he, he must realize that you know, everything he's done, every, even as middle-aged, his middle-aged self, has been 
fruitless. Right. Now, am I to understand correctly? I know we've been down this road before. The marble floor office that is Eva's, that's 2053 in alternate Winden. Um, As opposed to 2020. I think it's 2020 because Jonas and Marta just, they don't, I mean, we don't see them time travel. Well, well, when he first takes her into the cave, right, almost as if to prove to her that time travel is a thing, where does he take her? Wait, you know, back in the first episode. It was last episode he did that, right? Well, no, it was before that. I don't but, think but so. But I'm, I'm just saying, how does he prove to her? That's why I can't remember. Well, he, he takes her to he, he he brings her to the future, right? 2053. Right. That was just last episode. Okay. Okay. So, but, but 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 they get there and there's there's nothing there. It's a complete wasteland. Which I actually took this in my notes. You know, we see the some of these like kind of scruffy, the, the people in the prime world who are looking like really rough, but the apocalypse in the alt world looks like it wipes out everything and everyone. So there's no one around to look rough and bedraggled and post-apocalyptic. Okay. It's just desert. Like Winden is, is a freaking waste. There's, there's no buildings. There's no vegetation there's no animals there's nothing right so all right so 2020 the the post-apocalypse for her world just we don't know how far after the apocalypse but they immediately wiped out out france well (laughs) right (laughs) but we get that great scene where they go immediately to the family trees on the floor that are at the foot of the Adam and Eva paintings, which, of course, represent the two of them. Old Martha enters, and so it begins. And, and of course, Jonas challenges her about the lies, which is, I think, why he comes here to begin with, tells her he wants to return to his world now. And then, you know, I wasn't a big fan of her little, humans live three lives. Okay. And yours ends here and now, which... I think at the time, well, okay, what ends here? I don't think any of us really think that she means it literally. Because there's there's one thing that comes with meeting your older self is the confidence that you're going to live to become that older self. So when she says your life ends now, he's just been like, wait, wait, what? (laughs) Right. Like that. Lady, that's not a thing. You know, he gets, you know, it's it's maybe, again, not, he doesn't display the hubris that Macbeth does. But, you know, there there is that Macbeth poster. And, of course, Macbeth is assured that he will live, at least the way he has interpreted the the um, predictions. Prophecies. Yeah, the prophecies have turned out that he feels that he can't be killed. So... Jonas never expresses that that arrogance or anything like that, but certainly, I mean, I, he's got to be thinking, you know, I I'm not dying anytime soon, you know. Right. I've seen my adult self. I've seen Adam. Right. I'm going to be around for a while. Yeah. 
you know, I've tried to change time, didn't work out. So, you know, obviously this it's inevitable. So clearly I'm going to grow up to be an old wrinkly evil guy. But the room starts to fill up because adult Martha enters and tells her younger self that you'll understand when it's right to understand. And then traveling Martha enters the room and the two stand face to face. And then she shoots and kills Jonas, which obviously horrifies uh, yellow coat Martha and probably surprised Jonas a little bit too. Yeah. And the three of them just leave the room, but the Martha that shoots him looks a bit unsure about whether or not what she has done was the right, right thing to do. And, and of course, we saw this scene in reverse when Adam shoots Martha Prime. So Exactly. But the thing, you know, the thing is, when Adam did it, that is a much older version of Jonas, right? And this is someone who has gone some significant life changes from his youth to this moment. The Martha that shoots Jonas here is just maybe a couple weeks, maybe, a, you know, even maybe even a couple days older than the other Marta, you know? So there's not that separation of, of years and that, that, that separation of all these. I mean, obviously there's something, I would say something happened in there. She gained some experience that caused her to, you know, make this decision. But, you know, it is something that's pretty recent. Well, right. I mean, we're certainly looking for evidence of her pregnancy, and it's difficult to tell how far along she might be in, in this version of herself because of the clothing she's wearing. But yeah, at the you know, absolute limit, she's maybe like two, three so. months older. Okay. That's that's because in the she's like you know just what she. There's, like that's that's the absolute limit but it's probably not even that okay now you know the the scenes that i don't want to say i feel they are unneeded but i'm trying to get a handle on the charlotte investigating mad's murder mm-hmm. and where they're really going to take that with only uh, three episodes to go you know she questions alexander about mad's body in the bunker and you know she notices that plastic bag on his desk from when hannah left it but i don't know that there should be any recognition for her no she might think he's a slob but you know other than that right And, and of course she suspects helga even though there are the two coins so the coin they found in the bunker with the body couldn't possibly be helga's because he's got it on him and according to peter he was with us all night no i mean of course we know the truth well, but they do have helga's confession though which is kind of plays a big part in this well again that's one of those i think situations where you've got somebody that is clearly not in complete control of his mental faculties admitting to something that given the evidence he couldn't possibly have done. So I I don't know why she's grasped onto this so tightly, 
but and and I almost feel it's if to get back at Peter because oh, yeah. their 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 relationship has obviously deteriorated to the point that she's having an affair with Ulrich. Well, she doesn't and, live at home either because like she shows yeah. up at the house, and he's like. What are, what are you, you doing, doing here? here? And it's like, right. Uh, she doesn't say, I live here, dude. No, you know, right. like she lets that go. Like, that. okay, that's a valid question. You know? and, and his reaction when she says, Ulrich was right. Yeah. Oh, Ulrich. that's a name you shouldn't. You should have said, this guy at work was right, is what <laughs> right. she should say. But you know what? It's also kind of a little Easter egg, kind of funny thing, is he pulls Charlotte into the other room because they don't want to talk in front of Ellie. And he, and he yeah. goes, she's not deaf. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was like, dude, that was, that was clutch. That was really, yeah. that was, that was cool. Yeah. And, and this episode had a lot of those. I, I don't think it's fair to call them Easter eggs because they're right. Just it's, that was plot. Yeah. Right. They're just plot points yeah. that. Well, it's not a plot point. It kind of slap you in the face with it. So it's not like you have to really, but it's just yeah. a clever little line that they put in there. I was just like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I guess one of the most difficult scenes to watch is the one involving Wyndon Prime, Peter, and Elizabeth. And we've been waiting, as you said, the, the, for the sword of Damocles to finally fall and not really knowing how it was going to occur. Well, what I've been waiting for is for Peter to be the linchpin to all of this stuff that's going on. Yeah. You know, all this time I thought his his sketchy past these these vague details about his youth would would come to show that he was the most important character in this entire show this whole time and it's it's just not he's not he's just some well dude just freaking stabs him in the throat. Right. Well, you know, you you mentioned linchpin and I'm beginning to wonder what role the pocket watch plays. And if you haven't been to the Facebook group, you need to go there and check out Fred's uh, thread that he's got going about the pocket watch. And the fundamental question that we raised, I guess, last week and, and Fred has picked up on is whether or not these are all the same watches and, or I'm sorry, whether or not these are all the same watch and my feeling at the time was that, yeah, they're the same watch. Sure. It's, it's obvious. Of, of course, Fred is going to investigate on his own, as <laughs> any person that watches Dark should do, and points out that the engraving is slightly different. Which it is. Uh, which it is. He points out that some of the markings on the clock's face uh, for the numbers are slightly different. Yep true again so from fred's standpoint the watches are clearly different indicating that there are two completely different watches now how do we explain that because the watch that elizabeth is looking at in this scene is the one she got from adult noah right back in season one i guess it was so how do we explain this And, and i think fred's reasoning makes the most sense at this point is that the watches are so similar yet different because they're from the different worlds and while we have more of a handle on the origin story of the one elizabeth has uh, 
it, it's it is just confusing and you know he he points out about the the engraved numbers that you can see and, and i guess the the monkey wrench that gets thrown in is the one that's got looks like it's painted black over the yeah you know the face where it's for charlotte and i guess i would argue well that's just probably some kind of polish or whatever so that over time somebody could have that removed or whatever i'm not convinced despite all of fred's detective work <laughs> which is top notch as always i guess i go back to the calendar from previous seasons is this intended to be the same watch but it's a continuity error would the creators of dark make such a mistake i'm probably wrong but i'm gonna hold on to that well so that that that's a thing and we've run into that before so you know and and when this happened before at least i stood solidly on on the sides of the showrunners saying that this is not a mistake they wouldn't do something like that this is clearly intentional this is clearly important uh and we're talking about the calendar right and the day and then it's like oh yeah well we screwed up so they went back and uh, and changed the this the day that was circled in the calendar i feel yep. like this might be so for some reason they didn't fire the prop master back then and now they've got the watch that i think is probably supposed to be the same watch but once again they i don't know they lost, did they lose the watch from episode one? Did, did the prop master use it in a bar to like pull chicks? And so he gave it away? I don't know. And then they end up using a different watch, but it's kind of supposed to be the same watch. I, I'm not sure either way. It's really, I, at this point, I'm not going to put, as we did with the calendar, the label of this is important either way on it. It's, it's, it's interesting. But I, you know, like right now, I don't know. There's just so many things like this. There's just so many things out there. The watch, the St. Christopher medal, the Fennig. There's, there's all these objects that are out there and we're seeing in multiple timelines. What is the significance of them? What is the meaning? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the other thing I find interesting is that Elizabeth has finally come to the realization that her mother and sister are dead because if they were alive, they would have returned, which is certainly uh, an idea that makes a lot of sense. I was a little surprised that when she walks away, he lets her walk away. Right. Dude, it is the apocalypse and the apocalypse rules clearly state that you do not let your young daughter go about unaccompanied. That is right. that should be rule effing number one. All right. Now, she gets back to the trailer and finds that guy who's just scavenging for food in the trailer. What occurs to me is, why are they staying in that trailer? I mean, I know <laughs> it belongs to his sibling, but, you know, there are houses in Wyndon. Right. If your house got destroyed, I'm sure you can find one that's unoccupied. Now... Maybe this is in closer proximity to where the temporary morgue is set up and he wants to be able to check that out good, on a daily basis good. more quickly. But Take over the Teeterman I, place, man. You know, they had a nice uh, house. You know, right. <laughs> but uh, he does 
get back rather quickly, pulls the guy off, and and we we see a pretty intense fight scene. And yeah, you think? Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know he bashes Peter's head with the cans. She gets loose with the knife, but uh, of course the knife ends up going into Peter's throat, and you can just see the look in his eyes. He knows that's how it's going to end and there's nothing he can do and then elizabeth just kills the guy with a fire extinguisher yeah trailer should they have again. shown should they have shown the aftermath or was it just too gruesome to yeah, show i i like that they didn't so many so many shows and movies go there and show us the bastion face dark has yeah. done it before with Hellgate, they have. Um, yeah, I like that they didn't. I like that they pulled back. You know, you know, she fucked that guy up, man. You know what right. happened. You know, like you know, there's nothing left there to see except a a, a, a pulp. You know, right. And and I think it's enough that we see the blood spattered on her face, right? And her father, of course, yeah. of course, dead nearby with the knife still sticking in his throat. Great scene when. Alt Claudia meets Wind and Prime Claudia. Now, my question is, we know Claudia Prime is from 1986. The Prime, I mean, the Alt Claudia kind of had that 1986 feel herself with the hairstyle and the clothing, Uh even though we're in 2020. I mean, is that how you read it? I mean, it probably doesn't matter, really, what well, time I'm, period she's but from. But, I mean, she's definitely from the 80s, though, because she was still – she's the same age as, as Claudia. Right. So right. she's not – she's she's going to be, like, late 40s, early 50s, rather than in her 80s. Right. And now I go back to that line, and so it begins. I'm here to guide you into the light. Join Eva's team. Yeah. You can't trust Jonas. Right. He belongs to the dark. Okay. Um, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, knows- that's, that's a funny thing because we hear that now and before it seemed like so significant, important. And we hear it now. It's just like, what a bunch of shit, man. You know, like that's just well, like, well, this is total BS. That whole light well, and dark idea. Well, I agree. But Claudia Prime, doesn't she say that Jonas is dead? And. I'm wondering how she knows that unless so, her older self told her that way back when I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but time uh, travel, dude, you know, like, <laughs> but, yeah, right. but, but, but Marta, could have, Claudia, Marta could have told her that at, at any time. Right. Jonas wants to destroy both worlds. Eva wants to save both. Okay. Yeah. We've heard that before. So, and she goes through that explanation. And again, it's one of those explanations that one character gives to another. And it doesn't hurt that the audience hears it as well, that the passage was opened by Jonas in 2020 after his adult self had closed it in 2019. And it was originally opened in 1986. And the cesium residue is what keeps the passage active and it's got to remain open it was helpful. I, I have to be honest. I, I <laughs> ordinarily don't like those kind of right. things, but in this case, catch up. That was helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know that whole idea that Adam must never untie the knot. Why? 
So, again, the problem is not, not even so much why he wants to do that. The question is, is that really what he wants to do? I mean, it seems that way. But, you know, this whole Alt Claudia telling her counterpart, you've got to lead Jonas, Noah, and Elizabeth. It's very specific, three names. So, you know, I mean, we know the connection that Noah and Elizabeth will have. And we certainly know the importance of Jonas. And, and I assume, you know, she hands her a, a nice fresh copy of the Tricapito. <laughs> and you know, basically everything's in here that you're going to need. You got to take them along the same path again and again. She'll do the same in her world. It's the only way to preserve the two worlds. Right. Like WTF. I know. Like, come on, I know. man. Like, I know. You know, like how, how is that a thing? How do you, like, listen and say, oh, yeah, you know, we just keep doing everything like they're doing and hope that it'll be different this time? Like, wait, no. Like, I, I just don't. This whole idea of the, the preservation of everything that, I've, you know, I mean, Claudia has completely bought into in both worlds. We know that was like, that was like her thing is to make sure. And, and I remember it was, it was Claudia who wanted to preserve things and she thought Noah was trying to change things. Right. And now it's just, now it's like Adam wants to untie, I don't, untie the knot. I don't even know what, I don't even know what that means. Untie the knot. Oh, I guess I suppose the same as severing the, connection right but whatever, but, but, but that's, means, the so. same we go back to that it's like he he tried that right like that's what he thought he was doing when he you know back in 1986 when he went into the caves and set off the the explosive in there he thought that was going to end things but it didn't it ended up being what created every the the, the you know the time travel so it, it's just like this this whole idea of trying to 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 change what's already happened when it, it seems like time and time again what what's what has happened before is going to continue to happen you know right. even and, even pe- and- for people who are actively trying to change it like Kat- for example Katarina right we talked before about how like every effort to try and get Mikkel back to 2020 has been thwarted and we see that again in 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 this grossly almost semi-comic way that you know and then we got Ulrich the the that the sad Ulrich sitting there waiting for Katarina to show up dude what what about your experience in the last 33 years has led you to believe that this is going to work out yeah I know what you're saying but you understand the hope that he now has. And I mean, it really is a heartbreaking scene to to see him. I mean, for all of his flaws, he really did simply want to save his son. And while it's difficult to justify bashing the ear and head of a 10 year old boy as, as part of that search um, and recovery, you know, still, but, but the other thing we talked about the religious, imagery the religious overtones i mean her mother is oh my god she's is calling her a piece of work doesn't that, even quite that, it, you yeah, know but it doesn't even cover it but, they start to cover it but but when, when they're fighting near the lake you come from hell the devil sent you yeah. and again we start to understand 
the Katarina that we've come to know, and again, with all of her flaws, still, the mother returns home, immediately goes for the bottle. Katarina, and it's funny because we've seen two scenes now where Katarina is sitting at the kitchen table doing her homework, which is not what I expected from the Katarina that we've seen you know, bully other girls at school. Right. I just never saw her as the homework but, type. But this is the Katarina who's going to become the, the principal of the school. So True. she didn't get that by by skiving off classes and everything. She, despite, I mean, you almost have, I personally have, like, you know, an increased respect for Katarina as a character because here's a, a girl who has had to overcome a lot of really messed up stuff in her life. And her mother is horrible. Her mother's horrible to her. Uh, her mother doesn't show her really any kind of love at all. Um, and, and and this poor kid, she sees her mom. She's got blood on her. She's concerned about her mom. And the mother ends up slapping her around because she's got a hickey, which is well, incredibly but- hypocritical, BT-dubs. Well, she does tell her you're not worthy of that name, and I should have made you go away, implying yeah. that she should have had an abortion right. rather than giving birth yeah. to her. And, nice, and, Mom. <laughs> yeah, well, we're thinking, though, well, you kind of do make her go away in the end, sure. right? So, uh, yeah, again, just another one of those scenes that, that uh, I'm not sure how it fits into the larger Adam versus Eva story arc but it does bring up sort of some resolution for yeah. these characters well, you, that, that we you know, as i as i become increasingly frustrated with trying to decipher what is going on and what the larger game is here um, and I, I don't mean frustrated as in angry like I, I think it's bad it's just i i i you know like i said it's just hurting my head thinking of it so now i said well let's focus in on the human elements that are being told here because a lot of you and and justifiably so sometimes sci-fi doesn't do a great job of really examining the human elements of a story because a lot of times genre shows get so caught up in their the magic or the technology or the you know the science or the time travel stuff that we forget that these are are people and and when the story of katarina here is such a, a a tremendous like tragedy uh, on, on a very human level. Um, and there, there's, you know, you really, when, when she dies, it's just like, you know, like the, 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 just the levels of irony that are, are happening there. Like we mentioned before, just like the, the, the fact that years from now, her son will be swimming in that lake talking about the lady that's in the lake and, and she, it's her, it's, it's his mom is there beneath his feet. He doesn't even know it. You know, it's just, so, so, you know, you kind of focus in on, on the, those human elements. And that's what I, I you know, when you, you start to see about dark, that does really masterfully is not just tell a story that's kind of bending our minds and making us think, but also these are people dealing with very real emotions of loss of mourning, uh, attempting to to redeem or change things, trying to make things right. You know, we just see some very basic human elements here 
that uh, that I'm just going to focus on them now. I'm not going to worry about the time okay. travel stuff because well, well, <laughs> and and that's probably a good idea because as you say, a, a lot of these characters have to face not only the darkness within themselves, but the darkness that is all around them in terms of the things that happen to ones they love. And, you know, again, in terms of the irony, as you said, the the irony of of her returning home to see the teenage version of the woman she just bludgeoned to death is overwhelming. And at at some level, you feel like, she has an idea of of that that's what happened you know okay all right well let's let's move up to 2053 wind and prime and i'm assuming it's 2053 because we see the bodies hanging in the woods which we saw before and adam asks charlotte if she's decided and this is this i mean we've seen this charlotte before i mean this is the charlotte we no, from 2019, yes. 2020. Charlotte, she Charlotte got, Prime. Charlotte 1.0. Right. But, but she just looks so different because she's in this post-apocalyptic world now. And, and you know, we know how she got there, touching, you know, the, the finger of her daughter slash mother when the portal opened up. But, right. but she now, asks if, him if, if she did gonna, that nowadays, she would definitely need to uh, you know, wash her hands for 20 seconds right afterwards. Yeah, right. But the whole idea, are you going to hold up your end of the bargain if you want me to hold up mine? So Charlotte questioning Adam, and and we don't know how much she knows at this point and what she knows. It's just that he says Eva's not going to achieve her goal and that her world is no more deserving of saving than theirs. So what is he really saying that both worlds are going to survive both are going to be destroyed or only one will survive I mean, we don't know and we don't know what she believes but i do love the fact that she has not lost that aspect of her personality which is to perpetually question right. what she sees in front of her yeah yep so now the other mind-boggling aspect of this story is when we see, uh, and again, I'm in my notes. I've got 1986/87. Again, I'm never sure exactly, <laughs> but we see teenage Charlotte visiting Tanhouse in his shop. asks if he ever thought about the possibility of turning back time to change things, and you know, we we know what she's getting at, and then he pulls out the photo, as if suddenly that question tells him you know what you're old enough to know a truth not the truth but a truth and tells her the photos not her or her parents it's his son and his wife and his granddaughter who died in a car accident that night he encountered two women who were carrying a bundle and that bundle was you all right so Of course, on the one hand, we're thinking, well, maybe this was his granddaughter who survived the accident, but he doesn't seem ready to accept that possibility. Right. He he raises the possibility because he says how the the granddaughter's body was never found and she was brought to him the same night. So, you know, maybe that's something. But 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 yeah, I mean, 
but you know, it's this idea though. She says, "Have you ever?" Some kid almost half jokingly say, "Hey, Grandpa, you ever, you ever thought about going back in time and changing stuff?" He's like, "You know what? I actually have." You know, right? And in fact, I built a right. device. <laughs> Um, but who were the two women, do you think? I mean, maybe some version of Charlotte, Elizabeth? Uh, I would say Claudia and Claudia would be my... Okay, like 86 Claudia yeah. and old yep. Claudia? Okay, that, That's going to be my, my, my vote for that one, if we ever even find out. I'm, okay, the other character that continues to intrigue is Future Girl, and she seems to be making her way around, but... Regardless, he gives her the four Charlotte watch and tells her, this is the only thing you brought with you when those two women dropped you with me. So is it the same watch that old Tannhaus's father shows him circa 1820? Again, Fred would argue, no, it's not the same watch. Or maybe actually, see, now I'm confused. <laughs> maybe Fred's arguing that. I, th- I think he's saying it's group. not. It's clearly there's two different watches in play right, here. Right, the okay. question is, is that done purposefully or did the prop master F up again? Right. Uh, and then we get the scene where Charlotte is at the bus stop and it, it doesn't seem as if she has an intention of going anywhere it just seems as if the bus stop is where the kids in Wyndon go when they want to be alone i, I think she, she's kind of maybe thinking about getting out of there well but we get that great introduction to a young peter doppler who asks her how do you get to Wyndon?" uh you yeah, don't want to go to Wyndon. you, you go to Wyndon, you just you get, get back on that like bus buddy <laughs> right but he tells the story that his mother died and we're still i mean we've talked a number of times that all right helga's his father who would yeah get right. with helga <laughs> still we still don't get an answer still, that's that. the question he doesn't answer <laughs> like that's what right. that's what we want to know how did this happen how drunk was your mom you know <laughs> like, right. all right and, and, and then the final scene with, with this group is in uh, 2052 or 53 when Charlotte, adult Elizabeth, adult Francesca, and Adam watches Charlotte and Elizabeth suit up to go into the God particle. Francesca pulls the lever. Assume they're going back in time if they're in 2053 because, I mean, we haven't seen anybody go to 2086. No, no that's... So apparently not a thing. Right. So, I mean, I don't want to make the mistake of assuming something with dark. Exactly. But, right. Good. That That's a that's but, safe way to play that one for sure. Right. Are they going to 2020? Are they going to 86? Are they going to 53? Are they going to 1888? I mean, uh, you know, we don't know. And then we get that little scene where Enes and Mickle return home and dude, it doesn't even look like the same actor anymore. No. I, I mean, it is. He, he takes a hat know, off and everything, but, but yeah, that kid had right. a major growth spurt. So this is what I'm saying. When you're casting, you know, don't cast a kid who's got tall parents, man. No. You know, he's <laughs> short now, but he's not going to be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to bring up that we haven't talked about? I think we've, I mean, we've been talking about it for an 
hour and five minutes. So I think I think we yeah, got everything. The, the, the only, there, is, there is that well, one he, scene with, with like Francisca and Ellie and Charlotte, and Charlotte's just got to be. This is so weird, man. Like my daughters are this maybe older than I am right now. But we do, you know, see young Noah connect with Elizabeth in 2020. And we know they're going to have a child together, but because of her age, I mean, we don't get the idea that Noah is a bad guy. I mean, it's not as if he's going to take advantage of this young girl. So it's almost as if, you know, eight or 10 years are going to have to elapse before they can have a child, right? Wouldn't you think? I mean, I don't know what that tells us. Charlotte was born in around 2030. Well, well, again, time travel, right? Like, who knows? Like, yeah, I know. I know we I just, know. There, there's, I mean, that's one. I, I, I feel like we're going to get that story. I mean, they, they, you can't just throw that out there and not kind of show us how that happened. Um, well, well, the other thing is we know Magnus, Francesca, and Bartosh got out of 1888, and we presume adult Jonas did as well because uh, of course we see their adult version so again how any of that uh, happened uh, like you said time travel you want to let's get on to the listener feedback what that's a great idea dave <laughs> all right so we heard from several of the listeners and we mentioned our new patreon supporter rami and he also sent us a message dear dave and wayne last year i discovered a television series that i'd always hoped would be made dark it offered a perfect mix of brain activating complexity deeply woven character arcs worth investing in top tier production and casting and my favorite storytelling device time travel and and of course you were talking about the the character arcs that you're just grabbing on to well i'm not just but i'm just like no i know what you're saying i'm deciding to 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 worry about them more than about the big picture because i don't know what the big picture is Actually, when I understood early on that time travel in this series wasn't simply a convenient tool to achieve a greater objective or to defeat a great big bad of some sort, and that it was itself the centerpiece of the series, I became totally immersed. Although I've enjoyed all sorts of series and films dealing with time travel, the only other production, in my humble opinion, that resembled Dark in its commitment to exploring the consequences of time travel without shying away from its intrinsic complexities, was the 2004 film Primer. Dude, I've seen that. Did we talk I about it? I really, looked back in the I archive. I definitely feel like we I know you said you couldn't find it. I just, I feel like we did. And I, I think maybe it must have just been like the, you know, how we used to talk like about something else for basically like 20 minutes to a half hour. And then we talk about Lost Girl for like the other half hour. Well, I'll have to maybe search my notes and and see what I can find. But uh, he also says, around the same time I stumbled upon Dark, I also discovered another production that would significantly elevate my watching experience, your podcast. It is. That's super nice. While the series certainly holds its own, to me it became inseparable from your insightful, thorough, and humor-filled discussions. You guys are awesome. I mean, the humor-filled is definitely me. Right. So, thank you. And the right, and the insight is definitely right. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that's how we balance it out. And though, finally, yeah. And finally, it wouldn't be right to end this message without thanking your friend and valuable contributor, Fred from the Netherlands. 
He enhances the listening experience of your podcast in a similar way that you enhance the viewing experience of the series. Bedonked, Fred. I'm assuming Fred will know what that means. Kind regards from Rami, who is currently residing in the United Arab Emirate, but currently uh, but originally from new brunswick canada so thanks for the feedback and thank you for supporting the podcast all right who we got next so this one is from dan s and he says hi dave and wayne love that you're ramping up the speed on the release of dark episodes thank you dan not everyone feels the same way as you but we appreciate that (laughs) i've done a binge season on the release day of every season of dark I like it as it gives a context and keeps momentum. I agree. I would have gotten very frustrated with seasons one and two, waiting for every episode for someone to do something to break the loop. I can sympathize with Fred, though, since there is so much to take in. Few shows are this dense. I wouldn't mind listening to a whole episode of just his thoughts posted to the feed, even if it's out of sync with the main episodes. Uh, I think Fred would agree with you there as well there, Dan. Um, I'll second what you were saying about the official Dark Explainer website. As far as I can tell, the site is really good about showing only information up to the episode you watched, but you could always accidentally click the wrong episode and you'd be screwed. This is true. Uh, There are a couple of fun Easter eggs on that site, too. I'll share with you later after you finish the series. Thanks for the podcast, Dan S. Well, thank you, Dan. Yeah, and and I think that might be, I I, I still haven't looked at the, video link that he sent us uh, a week or so back because he did label it as spoiler for yes the end of the series so yeah i watched uh, the first like maybe 20 seconds and I was like ah no, i got <laughs> retreat <laughs> abort abort okay nice. all right we also heard from travis greetings from michigan first thanks again for the thoughtful and entertaining podcast Similar to what you've mentioned, I initially found the show after searching for dark content, but have also enjoyed the genre TV discussion in general, and have started watching a few of the shows based on your recommendations. So, uh, Travis, thank you. And and Travis was also one of the people that let me know about the problem with the feed this morning. So, uh, you know, and any any of you, you know, when that kind of thing happens, usually Fred's one of the first that lets me know because he's five hours ahead of us I, I i hate to admit this but like i saw that when it popped up it was like it was like one in the morning here and and i am ashamed to admit that I was still awake uh catching up on agents of shield and i saw it i'm like ah, i can't do anything about this I, I think there's no point in like like dave's definitely in bed by now so there's no way he's gonna see this so yeah, so, and it wasn't a big deal to fix. It's just that, you know, it's a drag that some people have to go back and re-download it, but, uh, you know, it works out in the end. I think that happened once before where uh, I misspelled something and had to replace the audio, but hopefully that will be the last time. So, all right, well, let's hear what Fred has for us in his audio feedback this week, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Dark, Season 3, Episode 5. I just listened to your podcast about Episode 3 and want to react to that, but I already sent in my audio feedback for Episode 4, so I have to react to that in this episode of the podcast. That's just a consequence of your understandable speeding up of your podcast's frequency. You were talking in the section of what are we watching about Warrior Nun, and Dave, you had seen the pilot. 
It's a very nice series. I watched the first season, so if you're going to do that, we have the situation that I watched the whole season, and perhaps you didn't, which is quite unique on itself. I even, very unfred-like, more or less binged it, so in five days I saw the whole first ten episodes. I found it very enjoyable, but it doesn't have the depth, of course not, of Dark. So, as a series to analyze, it's perhaps a little bit too lighthearted. But on the other hand, you could compare it, for instance, to the librarians or to the magicians. Although it's more a continuous story than an episode of the week series. Perhaps there is not enough to puzzle about in this series. On the other hand, after the big puzzle of Dark, that is perhaps just what you're looking for. As a kind of post-Dark relief. The discussion about my rant about Netflix doing an all-at-once release for Dark did me realize that perhaps in the US everything that Netflix does is an all-at-once release because Snowpiercer here in the Netherlands is released by Netflix and that is just once a week. But I got the impression from you that only HBO and others are still able to do once-a-week releases and that in Netflix everything is all-at-once. Is that true? If Netflix does once-a-week releases in other series in the US, I still find it an insult to the quality of Dark to put exactly this series in a all-at-once release. And last but not least, I want to give you a big compliment for warning your listeners in the podcast about episode 3 about my analysis of the pedigree on Martha's Floor. Only if you do stills and analyze that in detail, you will know the stuff. But if you want to experience the series more organically and you never do a still, then some things will reveal itself later. Very thoughtful of you to warn your listeners about that. In the episode 3 podcast, you were asking for a psychotherapist. Okay, here it comes. And in this episode well what's the deal with the charlotte pocket watch yeah oh my god it shows up in 1888 wtf how'd it it get there well it shows up in what is probably around 1818 because oh right the flashback yes 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 so yeah i mean we've got to watch that now you you talk about glitch in the matrix where the hell did that come from and i'm assuming it's the same watch i'm sure fred has already looked into that I checked whether it is the same watch, and it isn't. Have a look at the Facebook page, because I have a comparison picture there. It looks like the same, but the font in which Für Charlotte, for Charlotte, is written is different. And Elizabeth's watch that she got from Noah has additional numbers engraved, and those numbers are not there in Henrich Tannhaus' watch. Is Charlotte going to turn out to be old Tannhaus' mother? I mean, and we've tried to wrap our heads around <laughs> Charlotte being Elizabeth's mother and her daughter. Well, are they throwing this into the equation? They re- are they really trying to send us to a, a, a psychotherapist? We need help. <laughs> a dark, somebody that specializes in dark. Yeah. Big question is, if both watches are in the Prime Universe, we assume that, but in the previous podcast, so about episode 4, I already said that the Tenhouse pedigree is also mirrored in both universes, so this could be the other universe. So, are your psychological problems solved now, or do you have new problems now? One last thing, Wayne was 
puzzled by the grave of Daniel Kahnwald. It could be the lost child of Ines, but it's just her father. So the police commissioner, Egon Tiedemann's boss. So in 1954, he is in his early 40s or something like that. When he died in 1964, he just didn't become very old. Probably smoking and lung cancer. Okay, about episode 5, Life and Death. Now, I think it's more about death than about life. The life is probably referring to the pregnancy that Marta probably has, but there is a lot of death. Poor, poor Elizabeth, seeing her father killed and killing herself, that guy. Typecasting of young Peter was, by the way, again, dark-like. When I saw him, I immediately thought by the long-shaped face, this is the young Peter. And we see how Elizabeth lands up with Noah. I get the impression that the alt-universe is actually the prime universe in the sense of or having better technology, more knowledge of the future, etc. They have the better time devices, not even traveling through time, but also in between different universes. The Claudia 2.0 we see here dictates the Claudia Prime what to do, gives her the notebook with all instructions, instructions for the Prime Universe. So they exactly know what is happening in the Prime Universe, and not to speak of the killing of Jonas as a main directional thing. And he served his purpose, which is delivering a sperm in the alt universe. My biggest question is about the four Martas. Yellow coat old Marta goes with Jonah to Eva's office. We see Eva with the very long scar on the left side of her face. We see middle-aged Marta with the same scar and then the Marta that is, I presume, coming from 1888 in the Prime Universe, also walking in with the same injury, but now fresh as a wound. How did you get that wound? In my last feedback about episode 4, I was talking about six cleft lip guys, but I didn't realize, and I actually only realized it now, looking at these four martyrs and going back to the beginning of this season, is that it is not that the people are mirrored, but that the universes are mirrored. So what we can see now is, for instance, that all these four martyrs have this little scratch on the right side of their face. But if you go back to 1888 in the Prime Universe, then suddenly it's on the left side of the face. And you also can see it when, for instance, Marta 2.0 takes Jonas to the alt world. As long as they are in the Kahnwald house, the scratch is on the left side. But when she arrives in the cave, it's on the right side. And that's just one minute later. And what do I think is the saddest thing in this episode? Ulrich waiting for half an hour and Katarina not showing up. Greet all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. All right. Well, we, we you know, we mentioned about uh, all the stuff that Fred has posted about the watch. But one of the things that he brings up is the nasty scar that one of the younger Marthas has and how she got it. And we just don't see in this episode how she got it. Clearly, adult Martha 
bears that scar, as does old Eva, but we don't really see how she gets it. I mean, my guess is there's some sort of a fight somewhere as opposed to, you know, she cuts herself climbing through a fence again. But, you know, I I definitely rewatched and and wanted to make sure I didn't miss something as well. But but the other thing he points out, and and he's pointed this out before, the, the cool mirroring effects we get when characters are going back and forth and and there aren't all that many that are going back and forth i mean certainly he as he points out that we consider the possibility that there were actually two sets of the unknown trio because of the scars being on the different side but when we look at the images he sends us of martha and that little cut on her cheek that she does get climbing through the fence it's as if going from one world to the other mirrors that image. So I think we're going to safely say that there's only one set of the unknown right. trio. And yeah, yeah. And someone that put that also on, on Facebook as okay. well, which – because I just can't imagine there being three of these guys. Another like six of these clowns yeah. walking around. So Yeah, although you never know. Um, right. But, uh, oh, the other thing he asks, and, and you probably could answer it better than I, although I've been on Netflix for a while now, whether or not all U.S. Netflix content is released all at once. I want to say yes. Yeah, but I'm pretty it, sure, yeah. But it seems as if I ran across a show that uh, did, oh, like, Oh, you what, know what? I, I think uh, Joel McHale had a show i can't remember that darn it i can't remember what the show was but i'm pretty sure that he was released that a week at a time okay but i guess fred what i would say is any show that's worth discussing that would be much better off released on a week-to-week basis yeah they're gonna dump it all at once yeah just just to frustrate us but uh (laughs) anyway uh anything else about fred's feedback well, it's just uh, the the one thing that actually I, I meant to kind of talk about before, not really talk about, it really, it's not like a big deal. I totally agree that the young Peter is like spot once again, great casting. You know, where you get like a young person who could totally turn into. Um, yeah, after talking about Daniel Conwald, I, I didn't feel great about you know this idea that he was uh, her child that she kind of mentioned i didn't realize did you know that her dad was the dude the the police guy back in 1954 you did did. why did i know that i don't know so anyway just because i don't look at imdb i guess maybe but uh the idea like so basically you know um eva tells jonas you know you you've accomplished what you're supposed to do i just think oh so i'm freaking bartosh now you know like you know, like your job was to come in and impregnate Martha, and and then there you go. Now you're done, so you can be killed. So that's that's harsh. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, that's about it. Okay. All right, Fred. Thank you, and thank you to all the contributors, Travis, um, Dan, and Rami. Thank you guys, and and you know, don't be strangers to the feedback section. Yeah. I guess this is a good place to uh, leave it. I don't know if you noticed on the website, I stayed with my A-plus last week. 
and uh, you know gave you the A. That's okay. Um, I- I'm yeah. going to go solid A this week. I assume you are as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So. Though you know what, I'm Dave. I'm I'm, sl- I'm giving it the plus. Oh. I'm okay. giving this one the plus just because yeah. of like like just just for the 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 manifold layers of meaning that a company um helena killing her own daughter that just just everything involved with that man that 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 alone has me i'm up and into the a plus and, and you know there's a certain symmetry that I, I think lends itself you doing it this week i did it right. last week sure so all right, before we uh, wax too poetic, why don't we uh, <laughs> go ahead and end it there? That's going to do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Dark. Anything else going on in genre TV, as if there is anything else going on in genre TV these days, while Dark is still alive for us. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. Shoot us an email at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com we'll be back next time to discuss season three episode six of the german netflix series dark titled light and shadow but until then so this summer dave i I, my project is i'm going to go back and i'm going to rewrite the bible and i'm going to take out well i I was obviously going to start with the book of genesis right so genesis is tough there's a lot of stuff there's there's objectivity and stereotyping of flora and fauna there's, there's gender bias going on there, but I, I did it, and here's what I came up with. Adam must never untie the knot.